the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Should Christians celebrate Halloween? Is Halloween only a night to celebrate death and Satan that deserves no celebratory activities, or is it possible to keep a modern and wholesome version of Halloween with pumpkins, trick-or-treating, and cute costumes? Many Christians and other adults in general describe an aha moment that changed their perspective on something that they once considered to be innocent fun. We'll discuss this aha moment with not just Halloween, but other things in our world that we used to love, or at least not see an issue with, but now we are quite weary of. And as we enter the holiday season, how can we ensure the preservation of American traditions and culture and all those fun things, but also reject the commercialization of the holidays and remember the reason for the season? (laughs) I'm super excited about this episode because usually we go right through all the current events, but I just have to say election day is coming up soon. So if you guys don't have an election day plan, please make sure that you're getting that in order. Election day is November 8th, November 8th, November 8th, Tuesday, please vote, please vote. And please make sure your vote is counted. And we'll resume with the usual current events, news, politics, and culture stuff in the later episode, but we got to talk about Halloween. Okay. Okay, before we get into the first topic, you guys have all helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of this special exclusively for my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets marked down as low as $29.98, Mike's now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. So, the set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, usually costing $49.99, but for a limited time with code MORGAN, you can get the three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with promo code MORGAN. Don't miss out on these incredible offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-738-8374, use promo code MORGAN, or go to MyPillow.com, click the radio listener square, and use promo code MORGAN. Thanks, guys. So I guess to properly explain why we're talking about this on the episode, I I just want to provide some context. Of I think there's multiple layers to this. The first one is the fact that Listen, a lot of stuff is going on in the world and in America, and it is causing a lot of people to become awakened and to create this. It's created a distrust in our nation between the people and family units and these institutions, the experts, the politicians, the organizations, the companies, the people that push culture onto us, the thing, the people that sell things to us, the people that make our laws, there is a growing distrust. And with that growing distrust is this huge question of how the heck did we get here in the first place? What went wrong, not only politically in our nation, but also with culture? How did we end up in a place where things like WAP, the song by Cardi B, is like the number one song in the country? Have you seen those lyrics? I'm not going to repeat them, but wow. how. 
how did we get to such a place? How did we get to things like talking about third trimester abortions? And a lot of us are looking at this and saying, maybe it's time for a reset. Maybe it's time to really reevaluate some of the things that we never really thought we had to pay attention to. And that goes to things as serious as the education of our children to then, you know what? I don't like the attitude of the kids in that cartoon. And I think it's having a bad impact teaching my children to also be kind of bratty like that. And I think I'm not going to show them this show anymore. It's evaluating every little thing and also going into the food that we eat, the, the chemicals in our products, and so much more that we just didn't really think we had to worry about. So That has, I think, played into the fact that we're also seeing a lot of people leaning back into their faith and saying, you know what, maybe I need to be the person that makes changes in terms of how my family has certain traditions or holidays celebrated. If you look at, I mean, the commercialization of things like Christmas, it's insane. And I am a big believer in removing that. I'm not a present person. I think it's really cute if you have an intentional gift that you want to give to someone because you saw something and you were like, wow, I think they would love this and all that. But the presence on Christmas is insane. On top of that, I'm a big advocate for why do we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ by giving our friends and family cheap products made by a communist regime committing genocide? Why do we do that to show them our love and care? But that's a deeper question for another day. What we're going to talk about today is Halloween. And To add to that layer of context of like, wow, this has been a huge national conversation of rethinking all of these more cultural issues and the raising of kids and and how we do certain things, our practices in society that we just thought were innocent fun, we're seeing the rise of debates online about Halloween. And I had no idea about this because you guys have to understand, I didn't have the background of other Christians. I didn't grow up in a really church attending family, right? I was baptized as an infant and then never went. And then now that I'm an adult, I go to church and I just got baptized. So that's been a really special journey for me, but it's also really opened my eyes to the fact that I had no idea that a huge portion of Americans do not celebrate Halloween. Like it's serious. I was just in a really cute Texas neighborhood in Plano. And I was talking to a woman who lives there and she was explaining to me that like no one in her neighborhood actually decorates for Halloween. Why would they do that? They're Christian families and Christians, especially in the South and in you know the Texas area, apparently Texas isn't the South. That's something that I learned years ago, but they are so rooted in their faith. They don't celebrate Halloween. Now I'm from the Northeast where like every neighborhood house is covered in like fake spider webs and skeletons popping out of the ground and like there's smoke machines and the house is lit up green and all this stuff. Like that's the vibe. I just thought it was like another holiday. And then I get down to the South and I find out that these really Christian areas, they just don't do it. And if you decorate your house, people are kind of like, what the heck are you doing? (laughs) And so it's really, really interesting to me to see the differences in culture. So on top of that, of like learning this and being, now that I live down in Texas, I'm like, wow, this is really quite different. But playing into that is these these online debates that I'm seeing because now I'm in the internet world, right? Or whatever it's called. And I'm able to see that influencers have straight up episode after episode on their channels or posts about it of like how every practice in Halloween from carving pumpkins to dressing up in costumes to 
all the other things that we think are innocent and fun things, just like in American culture, they're actually all practices that Satan worshipers do, but they're just kind of like modernized and made a little more cliche for the American consumer. And so seeing those kind of posts, I was like, wow, I really didn't know that kind of stuff. And then what really got me going was the fact that I saw this video from a mom about the recent Hocus Pocus movie. Now, the first thing that I want to talk about that we can kind of dive into is the fact that I think TV and movies and the stuff specifically tailored to children is nasty. There are very few sources. I really like PragerU Kids. Uh, That's my friend Jill is like the host of the cute little shows. And I was just down in uh, Bernie, Texas with Owen and Talia. They have four kids and their youngest is Una. But uh, Una was like sitting there with me and we were watching Jill with their cute show on TV specifically tailored to kids. And that's the kind of wholesome, innocent stuff that children should be seeing. So if you guys want a good resource, PragerU Kids is definitely a good one. But in general, it's really important to remember that kids learn and develop their own behaviors by imitating. That's the main thing. And so they imitate their parents, they imitate the adults around them, whatever influences are in their lives. They will watch them the older adults, and then say, oh, that's how you do that. I am going to do this now. And that's why like when you see kids swear or when you see kids kind of be rude, it makes me really sad, especially if they're like mean in in school, because if they're mean in school, it means that that's probably the uh, environment that they live in at home. And so have sympathy for those children and try and be mentors to them. Now, that being said, it's not just the people in their lives. It's the things that they watch on the screen. And so if you think a young developing mind is going to develop into a strong and compassionate and kind individual by watching the bratty behavior of the children on the shows that I see on Nickelodeon and Disney, you are sadly mistaken. And so in general, I do not even pay attention to what is happening on Nickelodeon or Disney, and I have no intention of showing that kind of stuff to my kids. Because I think these modern shows, I'm not talking about like the movie Cinderella. I'm talking about these um, sitcoms and stuff where the kids are obnoxious. They are rude. They're dressed ridiculous. And taking it a step further, we also have like 20-year-old people, like 28 years old, playing high school students on the show. And I think that's also very damaging. So in general, I don't really pay much attention to this. But the Hocus Pocus thing really got me going because Hocus Pocus was a movie I watched when I was young. It's about like three witches that uh, kill children and then can stay young or alive or something like that. Hocus Pocus 2 is supposed to be the same kind of thing, child sacrifice. And again, this is a movie for kids, so it's kind of crazy. It's like, why did we accept the concept of making movies like this in general as humans? But I digress. Here's the video because it went viral of a mother. She got interviewed by the news station in her area, actually, for this. She posted on the internet about how she's very concerned about Hocus Pocus 2, bringing evil into the homes of anybody who watches it. And here's the video. A worst case scenario is that you unleash hell on your kids. This time of year, fall harvest is heavily celebrated in their household, but Halloween is not. It grieves me, the thought of exposing our kids to darkness. Gooch says there's a spiritual war being waged against homes in America, and Hollywood is part of the problem, and right now, one film in particular. The whole movie is based on witches harvesting children for blood sacrifices. In a recent Facebook post, Gooch advises moms against letting their kids watch Hocus Pocus 2. I believe whatever comes in our TV screens, there are things attached to that. 
I've seen for myself the things that I've watched with my eyes or heard over a TV screen, they become manifested in, in real life. Everybody thinks it's fake and innocent, but they could be casting any type of spell that they want to. Anything could be coming through that TV screen into your home. Okay. So as you guys can see, that was definitely a very passionate mom concerned. And my fascination with this is like, as a Christian, I listen to that and I go, I can absolutely see this because I think everything is good versus evil in this world. And I listen to that and go, wow, that's a, a really good point. Now I can totally understand from the secular position that somebody listens to that and goes, what the heck is that lady smoking? And so the differences here in terms of what we view as good versus bad or innocent versus non-innocent is really interesting to me. So before we get into this, I asked my followers to send their thoughts and where they lie on this issue in terms of like, do you celebrate Halloween? Did you used to? Do you think you will with your kids? And do you have any other practices that you've removed from your life after really trying to make sure that you're filling your life, your day with good, wholesome things? And the, the answers were really, really interesting. Before we get into the answers, I just want to say a few things, a few notes from Morgan. So it's kind of set the ground rules. I would say my general thoughts, I should address this before we get into it so you guys understand where I'm coming from on this. My general thoughts on this are that it's really, really important to watch what you allow into your life. And I've talked with you guys about this before in terms of um, the things that you're consuming physically, like the the products that you're putting on your skin, the things that you're eating, the the things that you're putting in your home. Do you really want them made from like a communist regime in China that's committing genocide and using forced slave labor to make these things, even though it's like cute and affordable at Walmart? Like, do you really want to be filling your home with these kind of things? Do you want to live a life where you are constantly bringing discernment and bringing your principles and that foundation of values into your decision making or do you want to just live like fast and loose baby but those kind of conversations are really important and so i take this kind of stuff seriously and i do want to bring discernment to this issue so i personally am not going to be celebrating halloween or like decorating my house with skeletons or doing any of that kind of stuff and i hope with my kids i'll find this happy medium this balance to bring more fall focused tradition and kind of like harvest season tradition into this time of the year as well as just always bringing uh, faith-based and value-based conversations to the forefront but that being said I am a history nerd. You guys know that. So I want the full context of how we got to certain situations all the time. So yes, Halloween is a straight up evil holiday in the modern world, if you think of it. Like we dress up as murderers, as serial killers. I just saw like Jeffrey Dahmer com uh, costumes are really popular right now. Witches, we dress up as Wiccans and other absolutely terrifying, bloody, deadly creatures. And then what we walk around the streets with them as if it's normal and we decorate our houses with dead bodies and with blood and with graves and skeletons and so much more. And it's like, why, why do we do that? You know, from a Christian perspective or not, I think it's fair to say that there's something really odd about how normalized this has all become. And it's a fairly new concept for humans. You know what I mean? Like we have now commercialized this whole thing where Halloween stores pop up full of fake dead things just to decorate our homes for this one time of year. And so 
I'm just asking you to like really consider how strange it is. I'm not saying that it's like evil to do it or anything. You can have your view on it or whatever, but there's got to be some people out there who aren't Christians who can at least acknowledge like, this is kind of weird as humans that we do this. Like it, the first world, this is the West now is like we hel- celebrate a whole day around it. But I don't know. Why do we do it though? When you look at the history of like Samhain, which is that original pagan holiday that has its roots that led to eventually All Hallows Eve and then the Christian church, the Catholic church wanting to like create a, a Christian version of the holiday to kind of take over the holiday. That's where all this goes into. I'm not going to go into the full history of that, but when you look at these holidays that happened around harvest time, it's pretty clear to see that like, all right, there was clearly a celebration happening at the harvest time as we turned and transitioned from the summer warm light-filled seasons into fall and winter and the time where it got cold and when things died and when you had to get your harvest ready and when you kind of had to like shack up, right? So back to that whole concept of like, how did we even get started with a holiday around this time that turned eventually into something called Halloween? It's like when you look at the history of Samhain and the pagan holidays or just in general, the non-Christian traditions around this day and the time of year, it all started as that celebration of harvest and a transition into winter, the dark period of the year when things got darker and colder and they don't grow and you start shacking up until spring. And if it was just that, And then like we had a Christian version called All Hallows Eve or whatever. And that would be another conversation because it's like, you know what? The only other version of the holiday is called some evil holiday because it wasn't Christian. But in reality, it was just people celebrating harvest. But at the end of the day, like when we look at it now, you see the Church of Satan so excited about this day because to them, like this is a big event. This is their biggest holiday or one of them. I don't know, but they have thanked the parents of America in statements before for allowing their children to celebrate Satan and evil on at least one day of the year, AKA Halloween. And so it's like, how did we get from a harvest celebration and an entrance into the winter seasons where it was like considered the dark season into now just a full blown out, celebration of the devil himself. Like there is clearly some transitions that happened and that stuff's really interesting to me. We're not going to go into it though, because at the end of the day, it's like maybe that harvest celebration is like its origins way, way back. But at this point, hundreds and hundreds of years have passed. And this thing is now something where it's spiraled into something really freaky. Here are just some of the categories you have, right? So you have the actual church of Satan, and other self-identified dark magic practicers in real life celebrating it today in 2022 and thanking parents for letting their kids celebrate Satan one day of the year. So that's one passionate group, right? Then on the opposite end, you have very passionate Christians and other religious groups who refuse to practice the holiday at all, including the modern things like costumes, trick-or-treating, pumpkin carving, because they don't want to celebrate the day at all if it's such a dark day celebrated by dark forces as one of their really important days. And they also connect like the traditions of things like costumes and like pumpkin carving to more satanic practices, but that's a different topic. So then kind of in the middle, you have a bunch of people who are, yes, 
Christian, but they don't see the need to remove all the tradition and cultural aspects of modern American Halloween. So they have their kids who do the more wholesome things, uh, but just not the scary costumes or the scary decor. And then, of course, you have the people who are just completely oblivious to it all, and they just like the fun, scary holiday, and they don't understand why the heck Christians can't just relax and stop being fun suckers. Now, I'm sure there's other groups out there too, but do you see how this is like a pretty fascinating combination of of diversity in humans right here. I'm it's so interesting to me and it's also a perfect case study for where we are with other issues in our country where you have two extremely different sides on each end and then in the middle you have people who are kind of like I see how it's kind of important. Then others are like, why do you care about this? <laughs> so it's like a really interesting perspective for me. Now let's move on to the next point. Uh, the, the second point that I want to make before we get into the replies is the importance of culture. I'm a huge history buff. And so the history of things like the Chinese Cultural Revolution, where the communists come to power in the mid-1900s, in China, and they remove the four olds, old culture, old traditions, old customs. It was for, The four olds were basically like the things that the people of China used to rally around and it would bond them together. And so the communists had to come in and remove all of that. They removed all of the old religions. They removed all of the old traditions, all of the old holidays, all of the old ways. And if you participated in any of that kind of stuff once the communists were in power, they removed you from society, either by sending you to a re-education camp or by just killing you right there. And so you have example after example in history of how it's really damaging to remove culture and tradition from a community of people. And I'm a big, big supporter of passing down tradition and culture in America. I also can't stand the fact that these race baiters on the left are always saying that like white people don't have a culture and stuff. And they just kind of loop all the different countries that we all came from and then eventually made our way to America over the hundreds of years that our country has been forming. And they say that none of our culture uh, is relevant. And they group us in as like just a bunch of white people. When in reality, we have a ton of rich culture from the countries that we came from. And in America today, I would argue that we do have a rich culture here in America. And the left is trying to convince us that we don't to separate us and to remove the ability for us to bond together uh, around those greater societal trends. And so that makes me really sad. So I'm not in any way saying that like, oh, I hate holidays or anything like that. But I do think we should be wise and bring discernment about what do we want to celebrate versus what do we not want to celebrate. And then also on top of that, with the other holidays, everything these days is so focused around products, around consumerism and around the commercialization of these holidays that we're forgetting the reason for the season. You guys, come on. Um, but next topic is the fact that people are so passionate about this, right? I'm going to read you guys some answers and they are differing. Okay. The differences are big, but I just ask you to please not judge others for their answers. Okay. Human nature naturally leads to unique individuals to diversity and not the kind of diversity the left is talking about but actually to diversity in thought, in practice, in the way that we want to go about our lives. And so please just respect these very differing answers. Um, and it's definitely a great display of how diverse we really all are in America as Christians or as non-religious people, whatever it may be. Okay, with that being said, let's go into the answers. When I asked people, like, do you celebrate Halloween? Do you not? Did you? Did you used to? And now you don't. 
What are your thoughts on the fact that people are talking about this more? And are there any other practices you removed from your lives? The first one that I got that I found quite interesting is from Freddie. And he said, maybe just keep handing out candy to children and demon worshiping separate. (laughs) And, you know, I completely agree. That's one perspective of it, of like, how come we can't separate the current modern traditions from the, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of tradition around, you know, celebrating the dark times and all of the history that we have up to it. Why can't we just celebrate it kind of as a new holiday? That I think is a valid point. And we can take some of those more wholesome fall harvest activities and make them more into our wholesome way. But at the same time, it's really hard for me to get away from the fact that the actual church of Satan, the actual evil dark magic practicers in this country are glad that they feel like they are tricking us into participating in their worship of Satan because we do this and we say, oh, well, we're doing it in a wholesome way. So it doesn't matter even if it's on their holiday, even if it's on this dark day. And so the fact that that's what really gets me is You can separate it all you want, but at the end of the day, the Church of Satan and this dark force is actually releasing public statements of, hey, thank you for letting the children of America celebrate the devil one night of the year every year. And I like that really rubs me the wrong way. I'm like, okay, maybe it's not worth it then. (laughs) Amy said, I think the question is, what are we celebrating? And that's a good point. It's like, uh, how tied are we to this? How tied as a people are we to a holiday with such a bad background? And is it necessary for us to continue it? I mean, I I hate to say it, but like for me, I do the same thing with Christmas of like, I half the time want to get rid of most of the expectations that society, the world has put onto us about what Christmas is and just do a Bible study on Christmas morning and dedicate the day to being with family and really reminding ourselves of the whole purpose of that day and that celebration. And in my head, like maybe I'm just in a different headspace as other people, and maybe I'm a bit more radical on this at this point, but I am fully convinced that that's not a crazy thing to do. And if you tell some other people like, hey, I want to cancel Santa, they're like, you are Satan itself. And so, you know, I think we all are trying to come up with what is the best mix here and what are we celebrating? What is the purpose of this specific day? Now, Sprang said, seems like um, Halloween is about celebrating death and demonic stuff. So I think that like goes right into what Amy had just said. I think the question is, what are we celebrating? Spring says, seems like a lot of Halloween is about celebrating death and demonic stuff. And that alone, it's kind of like what I said in the beginning. How much do we as a society really even want to be having a holiday where we decorate our homes and ourselves in such a gruesome way? Like, why must we do such a thing? Is it just for fun? Or like at the end of the day, should we just kind of look at this and say, geez, maybe we need to rethink our our practice on this. And I, I support that. Madison says, my stance is to ask for discernment and it will come in every situation. I don't celebrate Halloween at all, but I will partake in fall activities. Madison, I think I am the same as you. I I think I kind of agree with everybody from different angles here, but for the most part, I pretty much have Madison's perspective where I think bringing discernment to all of this and not, not judging others, but bringing discernment to the situation, I always grapple with that is like, If I look at a situation, am I being judgy or 
and like stuck up or am I bringing discernment? And I think there's a huge difference there. And so I'm always trying to challenge myself to not be judgy or not be too graceful and to bring proper discernment about when a certain response and approach is needed. Um, So that's a really nice approach. Jimmy says, I believe we Christians can take something meant for evil and turn it into good. We play Christian music in front of our yard and try to witness to people when possible. Oh my gosh, (laughs) I want to see how that goes. Just with the way the world is right now, I I can imagine that might be quite an interesting experience, Jimmy. But I think that's really sweet that you're doing that. And I think a lot of families, a lot of Christian American families are like, you know what? Just because they're doing their crazy, weird decorations and practices with all this nasty stuff, it doesn't mean that I need to strip what could be a really innocent and fun and wholesome practice from my children when they're growing up. And so finding unique ways to bring light to a very dark day, a very dark time, that seems like a really solutions-oriented perspective. And I hope to bring that to my family as well. Uh, Political Curly Head, I love her on Instagram. She said, Christians should not celebrate Halloween. And I completely see where she's coming from on that. I absolutely think we should not celebrate Halloween itself. And I think, again, this is where you bring discernment into the situation. What you're going to see here is a frequent trend in their answers that I was getting about how to approach this with children, right? Because that's what this is really all about. As adults, it's like you need to grow up. If you're talking about yourself being able to dress up or do whatever, like get candy or carve pumpkins, that's one thing, you know, handle it for yourself. Make those decisions. But at the end of the day, this is more about, okay, how do we as adults want to bring children into the world and teach them about this day? Because it's so heavily marketed to kids. It's such a fun time of the year for them. The the concept and and they get to dress up at school. They do all this stuff. And so it's like, do you want to be the parent that's like, no, honey, everybody's going to show up to school dressed up in their costumes, but you are not because this is Satan's holiday. Is that really going to properly prepare your child to fit well within those conversations and bring her own or his own uh, perspective to the conversation. I worry that when we force these things onto our kids, instead of giving them that foundation of understanding of why we made these decisions as their parent or just as their family member, as a community, why are we doing certain things? Why do we behave in such ways? We are really giving our kids the short end of the stick in the situation because we're sending them out completely unprepared. I think If we're talking about this from how to get your children ready and bring them up in a wholesome way that isn't like, hey, kids, today we're going to be celebrating Halloween, the devil's holiday, but it's okay because we're Christians and it's fine. Instead, we should be having open conversations with them about all of the different factors. And this is not just with Halloween, but it's with all the things. We need to equip our children and put that responsibility on their shoulders in a way that encourages them to take up and be empowered by that responsibility. And not only that, I saw this fascinating, I'm going to try and find the link for you guys and maybe I'll share it another time, but I saw a fascinating interaction on YouTube recently. And I I like to listen to stuff in the background when I'm working or when I'm like getting ready in the morning. And it was a one hour or so video on YouTube about Christians versus atheists. And in the beginning, It's an auditorium of kids or like a gymnasium bleacher set of kids in high school. And it's a Christian school. And their teacher explains to them, hey, we have a visiting professor from UCLA. And he is an atheist. He grew up in the church, but he's an atheist now. And he's going to explain his story. And then he's going to take any of your questions, any of your attempts to try and counter him, 
give it all to him and he's going to reply and um, have a good time. And the teacher leaves. And the kids are being recorded. I don't know if they knew this or not, but long story short, I'm watching this and I'm like 15 minutes into it. And the guy tells his story. It's a very basic and, and classic story. I grew up in a very strict church. I know all about that stuff. And to be honest, I've just, I've seen the science. I've seen the history. I am not convinced there's not enough proof. And I believe more so in things like the big bang theory and string theory and all that stuff. And that's what I'm rooted in. So i just can't believe that there's a God there. And so he says a very quick story and then says, I'll take your, your counters and your questions now. And the children in that high school class, I call them children because they were really, really young in terms of their naivete. Let's say that I'm getting my makeup on and I'm getting ready and I'm listening to this in the background. And I am like just within minutes appalled by the tone the questioning, the harshness, the rudeness of the Christian high school students. And I remember listening, being like, geez, I should, I should like play this for my podcast and then react to it and and really do a whole podcast episode about how disappointed I am in this video. And I was like, you know, I'll just keep listening because maybe something will happen. And I am talking just rude. Like one girl raised her hand and she was like, I see you have a wedding ring on your finger. Are you married? And he was like, well, that was a little personal. And then she was, she was like, answer, please. And it's like, well, when do you ever speak to someone like that? I don't care if you disagree with them or not, but especially if you're a Christian trying to question an atheist about like their marriage or their, their ability to be rooted in love, it's like, that's how you want to speak to them? So it just really, really made me sad. And of course she goes on and she was like, how can you be married? How can you love your wife if you're not, if you don't love Jesus? And if you don't know love via Jesus, that's not possible. And he was like, oh, well, you know, it is possible to have emotions. And it was just like their comebacks were so nonsensical. And it made me sad because it's like, if this is our representation of young Christians who are going to grow up, I mean, they're at a Christian school. If they're going to grow up and then communicate like that, guess what? You're going to turn more people away than you are going to inspire them to join you. You want to behave in such a way every single day of your life that you are inspiring people to join your mission, your movement, your community. And so you really have to bring discernment to how you communicate to each group. And in general, never, no matter how much you disagree with someone, never disrespect them or be rude because you're just going to push them away. If you are serious about actually reaching someone on a fundamental level, in their heart, in their mind, you have to bring peer rationale. And this is what I love. There's a study from Michigan State University, a few years old now, but it talks about how, especially for young people, the most effective way to reach a young person, to change their heart and mind, it's actually most effective to hear those opposing viewpoints from a peer, not from a parent or a professor. And so I feel really inspired whenever I hear that kind of stuff. But again, back to the Christian student thing. I heard that and I was so disheartened and I was going to do a whole podcast episode on it. But then bada bing, bada boom, he closes the question answer session. And again, every, nearly every student was very, very rude in my opinion. None of them had even like strong questions for him. I don't know how to explain it other than the fact of like, wow, they really couldn't even make a very simple argument for their case. It was very concerning. But he closes the question answer section and then he says, all right, now I have the truth. I'm actually a Christian professor and I go around to crowds of students and I pretend to be an atheist. And then the whole point of this is to show them at the end to flip the script and say, how do you feel like you just treated your guest? Do you feel like you communicated in 
a way that would change my heart to Christianity? Do you feel proud of how you treated me? And I was like, wow, like that is fantastic. And so when we talk about the greater perspective of what the heck is going on with young Americans, how come they aren't conservative if they grow up in a conservative home? How come they aren't Christian if they grow up in a, in a Christian home going to church every single Sunday? What is happening where we are not properly raising the kids to carry on into adulthood with those same values, even if they grew up in a Christian conservative home? What is happening here? And I would say it's because we are so focused on checking the boxes of making sure we're doing all the things that the world tells us to do. Even the the Christian stuff, we're saying, you know, if we go to church every Sunday and we drag the kid there and they sit there and they hear the sermon every Sunday and we get them on the yellow school bus to school every single day and they have good attendance and they have extracurricular activities and they're good with their sports and then they get into a good college, they'll be set for life, they've got a good career and we did it. We did it, and we raised a good Christian conservative person. And at the end of the day, we have to understand that checking those boxes does not guarantee at all that your child will grow up into a Christian conservative, let alone not only that, but like a thoughtful, caring, compassionate person that brings critical thinking to the situation. I think we are getting so far away from how you truly understand conservative values and value freedom and independence on an individual and societal level because we don't properly teach the connecting of the dots, right? We don't have the proper teaching from our homes about understanding issues from all angles, about understanding reasoning and how we come to a conclusion, about critical thought and being able to understand your opponent, being able to properly explain your approach, your opinion, and a political issue, especially when you're trying to communicate, especially with someone who opposes your opinion itself. And so if we taught our children children more at home about history, economics, philosophy, societal trends, and all of these important things, government and finance, all this kind of stuff, we would be in a better position instead of trusting the government to do it. Um, That being said, I have a really good book that I actually wanted to read for you guys. I share this on my Instagram story sometimes, and it's crazy how many people click this link to buy the book. It's called How to Raise a Conservative Daughter by Michelle Easton. A fantastic book. I recommend everybody buy it and then read it, not only if you have a conservative daughter, but really it's a good book for people who aren't even parents to talk about how do you actually form values in yourself and in a human being, especially your kid. (laughs) This one says, a big part of the challenge to conservative parenting is that there are limited resources on the topic. We have mountains of quality books on pregnancy, childhood discipline, pediatric health, spiritual development, and education, but there is relatively little on instilling conservative values, much less for daughters. That leaves moms and dads to experiment as they go and hope for the best. Some parents will point out an important conservative concept, such as limited government or the pro-life position, to their daughter as if they are pointing to a star in the sky. But unless they explain how that star connects to those around it, she's unable to see and internalize the bigger constellation of conservative meaning that they are trying to teach her. This book explains the most important stars and how to connect them into meaningful constellations through engaging experiences and conversations. To be sure, there are no guarantees, no magic pills, but there are proven and sometimes counterintuitive techniques moms and dads can use to significantly increase the odds that their daughter will hold fast to traditional values. 
The secret is learning how to translate conservative principles into lessons, language, and experiences your daughter can understand, relate to, and retain. If that sounds like a tall order, that's because it is. <laughs> so I really like this book, you guys, because it kind of goes through each section. That was just the introduction, but just for an example, like chapter one is called Self-Worth Flows from God, Not from Government. Okay, back to the point, though. I totally got off track. Um, Simply Brady says, she's Simply Brady on Instagram. She says, my family and I celebrate All Saints Day instead. It's a Catholic holiday. Our church has kiddos dress up as saints. Oh, so you guys, that's cute. That gives still this fun opportunity for the kids. And I think that's a really cute option. Cora's Cottage says, for Halloween, I'm going to put Bible verses on my candy. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I hope. I wonder what Bible verses you're going to use. Isabel says, Halloween is bad and we shouldn't participate in that darkness. Gina says, growing up, my mom said, as long as our heart points to God, we could still do fun fall things. So see, Gina's bringing a different perspective. And I think that's overall a really good lesson too, is that if you have a close relationship with God, you're going to know what he wants you to do or not. And Mere Christianity is such a good book for that of like, we have human nature that often leads us to do bad things, but we also have this sense inside of our souls that says, hey, you just did a bad thing and you're going to feel pretty crappy about it. And we do, we feel... You know, our, our face gets hot and we feel this pit in our stomach. And it's like, why do we feel those things? It's because we have a standard given to us, I would say, and what C.S. Lewis says, by God who created us to give us something that fights back against our more evil human nature. So um, I think that that's a really good reminder too of like basic human nature can be very difficult and can tempt us away. But at the end of the day, we probably know what's right versus wrong. And we should be able to bring discernment to each evaluation. Carlin says, I think Christians can celebrate Halloween just like they can do yoga. I didn't know this too. You guys should let me know. Do you do yoga? Because I saw this Michael Knowles thing about how yoga is like an evil practice and I had no idea about that. Terry said it can be celebrated in a wholesome, family-friendly way. Overly sheltered kids become adults who can't recognize real evil and they are easily manipulated. Also, hiding kids from anything remotely deemed as bad just creates naively naively pansy adults. (laughs) Terry coming in hot. Um, I completely agree with Terry on some things. I would just say the quick dismissal of something as legitimate in terms of the criticism of Halloween, I wouldn't really agree with that. I think that there is a place for a debate on if you can or cannot celebrate Halloween in a family-friendly way. I mean, if it is such a dark holiday, it's like, should it even have some sort of celebration or should we just stick to celebrating fall or something like that? But I do agree that overly sheltered kids do not succeed once they are put out of the nest, right? Once they go out into the world on their own. And so going back to that point of what I read from the book and what I was saying earlier, when we provide our children with a solid foundation of the why and help them on their own come to those conclusions by building understandings of all of the related concepts and topics. And then we help them to learn how to be critical thinkers. We help them to learn how to make these very difficult decisions and tricky decisions. That's the best way to set them up for success, not making some harsh decision for them so that they think we are the evil fun suckers out there uh, compared to their friends who get to go trick-or-treating and dress up at school and all this stuff. No, if we provide a solid understanding for our children as they grow, I think that they are going to thrive in that and in the end, thank us for it in the long run. 
Now, regarding the other topics, I I could go on and on about what people were saying regarding Halloween, but I think the most common thing I got in the messages too was about music, and I couldn't agree more. I had joked about this when I first put this question up of how like after I got baptized and and really wanted to make some changes in my daily practices, I was like, wait a second. I do do this weird thing at the gym where like all day long I will listen to Johnny Cash gospel music and like bluegrass gospel and stuff like that. And I'll sing to it in the car. If you guys look my name up on Spotify, I have my Sunday playlist, which is like my gospel music and stuff. But I have classic country available too. And I I make that playlist public, but I listen to that like all the time. And I don't listen to rap music anymore and stuff like that. But, and I mean like the, the dirty rap music and the scary stuff. But when I go to the gym, I listen to ACDC. And so there's like a lot of songs about hell and bad stuff like that. And I'll just be like working out like, it was kind of, kind of strange. It's like quite contradictory. And so I, I've been looking into it. I, mean, I think for the most part, the songs are kind of about like how um, you're fighting back against those bad things. And so I think of it more as like redemption kind of vibes when they talk about the scary stuff in the music. But I have, I've made those kind of changes. And so I've noticed that everybody too was saying, I am done listening to the crap music. Now they're not talking about ACDC, like Hell's Bells, but instead they're talking about the rap music of the day, the hypersexualized music of the day. They're talking about um, what the heck is on TV and what's in the movies and what is on social media. And the active decision to remove that kind of stuff from your life, I don't think that that is so crazy to tell people that they should consider. I'm not forcing you to do it at all. But I am saying that like when you remove those kind of negative influences from your life, from your day, from your phone, I think that you really do benefit from it. Getting back to our natural ways and spending more time outside away from all of this like nasty stuff, away from swearing, away from the 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 violent content in our pop culture, I, I think we will all benefit from it for sure. But um, you guys, thanks for listening to this very random podcast episode. I appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed, please hit the subscribe button and I'll talk to you next episode. Um, I hope you guys have a nice, safe weekend. Bye-bye. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.